Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Franchise Bible Coach Radio Show with Rick and Rob. I'm Rob Ganley, and my co-host, Rick Grossman, could not be here today. I'm going to run solo, uh, but it's good to have Rick. He is the author of the Franchise Bible. And I also wanted to mention a couple of our sponsors and thank them. Um, first, is, first up is Franchise Bible Coach, and you might want to check that out. The Franchise Bible Coach has no cost fight for your franchise challenge going on for the rest of the second quarter. And that'll be an ongoing offer. And you could just put your name and email in and you can, uh, if you're a franchisee franchise or a business owner or an executive, and you need some input from other smart people, there's a lot of great content there. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, but with, without further ado, uh, I wanted to introduce Michael Morehouse. He is the vice president of Mosquito Shield Franchise Corporation. How you doing, Michael? Welcome to the show. Doing great. Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me today. You got it. You got it. Hey, listen, the very first thing I, I like to ask, and it's always an interesting answer, is how did you get started with the brand? How did you become a vice president? How did that all work? And how does, how does your brand work? How, who do you serve in your, in your market? Sure. Great question. And, uh, you know, interesting for us because we've been doing this as a mosquito company for 19 years. So if you think of homeowners that have been struggling for a solution, it's still a relatively new industry. So for the fact that we've been doing it for 19 years is certainly cutting edge. We kind of pioneered it back in 2001 and it really started with uh, David Briggs, our founder, having like so many homeowners, you know, a beautiful night ruined outside and being forced inside by mosquitoes. And uh, David had been in uh, a franchisee himself in a lawn care business for many years and new home services, new products, new equipment, and knew that there had to be something that could, you know, potentially work for mosquitoes. So sort of fast forward from 2001 to 2008, where I came into the picture, uh, helping him with his lawn care company. You know, what we saw during that time frame, if you remember back to 2008 and 2009, that was the crash, right? That was when things, you know, really hit rock bottom as an economy you know, he saw his lawn care customers struggling to stay on board with him, but nobody was canceling the mosquito service. And it was that aha moment for us. Um, if you think back to then, that was really where that staycation term was born. And, you know, people were staying home, reinvesting in their properties, you know, maybe canceling a $15,000 vacation that was planned, but putting in a $5,000 fire pit, yet they were still running inside at night. So we saw tremendous growth during the 2008, 2009 timeframe, right when I had come on board to help with his uh, lawn care company. And he just pulled me aside and said, you know, I think we have a opportunity nationally with this mosquito business, pay a little bit more attention to it. So I kind of shifted my focus a little bit. And, you know, we spent a couple of years thinking about how we'd grow it nationally, him being a franchisee himself, it was the natural transition for us to think about starting our own franchise company, really didn't know what we were doing. You know, I, I sat with him and said, tell me everything you like about being in franchising and tell me the things you don't like. And we tried to keep as many of the like, you know, pile as we could and leave out as many. So, I mean, to this day, uh, Rob, I really believe we've, we've built an incredibly um, two way, you know, franchisee friendly system um, because, you know, David is just, again, at heart, he's a franchisee. So 
um, that's been pretty significant for us. So uh, again, fast forward 2013, we became an official franchise entity. Um, you know, the very first thing we did was, you know, we were a local business for 19 years in Massachusetts. So we had, you know, 3000 customers using mosquito control when this was a service unheard of around the country. So the first thing we did is sent an email blast out to them saying, you know, as a valued customer, we wanted to let you know that we started franchising. If you've got friends and family around the country that might be interested and we had some existing customers, you know, raise their hand and say, Hey, we'd, we'd love to try it. Would you, you know, sell us part of, you know, Massachusetts, where we're from. And that's where it all started. I started doing some franchise and business expos around the country. And, um, and then it just, you know, it started growing from there. So that's really, you know, what's brought us. So seven years now, we've been a, a franchise uh, entity. And how many units do you have across the country right now? So we've got 50 locations in uh, 20, servicing 26 states right now. 51 just came on uh two days ago. So, um, so now 51, but you know, we are a little bit of a different concept than a few of the other uh, options that are out there. We definitely, um, they do a great job at servicing more of the mom and pop model, you know, like more of a, a guy out in the truck and, and, you know, we have more of a scalable model in the sense that uh, this is a business opportunity where, you know, we want you to have many trucks over time. So you get a little bit of a bigger territory from day one, um, with, with the chance to scale it. So that's, um, that's where we're at today. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, so we're, we're at a time now here in the middle part of 2020, and I'm talking to a leader inside a brand. And uh, the next question is, how did you guys approach the last few months that we've been dealing with COVID-19? How has that impacted you personally as a leader and interacting possibly with your network and just how is, how have things evolved because of that? Yeah. And, you know, I realized you had a second part to your first question of who do we serve? And I think that actually oh, yeah. ties really, ahead, it ties, yeah. it ties, yeah. no, it ties really well into this. We, we, oh, you know, um, we serve the homeowner, right? We serve the people that are, um, that like to entertain in their backyards. They invest in their properties. Uh, and, you know, they run inside at night, as I mentioned earlier. So, you know, COVID hits and we say to ourselves, all right, what, you know, I think everybody, right. You've had these, I'm sure you've been hosting these calls, Rob, and it's the situation of, you know, a lot of the brick and mortar type locations, a lot of the, uh, you know, the food industry, the fitness industries, you know, they, they took a big hit and, um, you know, we pumped the brakes, uh, you know, we're a seasonal business. So we've got 50 locations across the country. They all open at the same time. So we go from zero to 300 miles an hour but we didn't really know what was going to happen. And I think what we did was, first of all, we were deemed essential in every state we operated. So that was a huge blessing for us. Right. So um, we got blessed with that. And that was, you know, an eye opener as um, you know, David and I, you know, being here since the beginning, you know, we were a little worried about, you know, what's going to happen to our franchisees and then, you know, less about us. I mean, you know, but more about, especially ones that were just been in business for a year or two. You know, our seven-year-old franchisees that have been with us from the beginning, pretty established and probably could weather that storm a lot better than a brand new one that just made the investment a few months ago and they were expecting to open up in March and April and then this hits. So, um, you know, we were pretty, uh, we were worried, you know, but what we, what we did, and I give David credit to this, is we kind of harkened back to our 19-year history and we've been through some pretty terrible things as a, as a company, meaning 9-11. Um, again, people stopped traveling we grew as a company. Yep. I mentioned 2008 and 2009, we saw triple and digit growth during that time frame. 
And, you know, we rolled the dice that we were going to be not only deemed essential by the states that we were in, but be deemed essential by our existing customers that were going to want us more than ever and new customers because we could reach them easier than ever. They were home, you know, so marketing in this day and age is a very difficult thing to do. People are very preoccupied. Um, we were able to market and reach these people. So fast forward to where we are right now, we're 40% up as a company over where we were last year, which was our best year as a franchise in 2019. So um, I have to interrupt you to say congratulations. And that's a testament to your team, your brand, your product, the way you do things. And it's just good to hear that. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's come with challenges. Like we're doing things differently. You know, normally a customer signs up with us and we're out there within a day or two and we're knocking on the door and we're introduced, you know, the technician, you know, is introducing themselves, walking the property with the homeowner. And, you know, we had to rethink that and communicate differently um, as to how we're going to do that. You know, we do a lot of the grassroots things where we're doing, uh, you know, the, our franchisees are setting up at home and garden shows and, you know, they were all canceled in the spring and that's a huge lead generator for our local franchisees, you know, farmers markets popping a tent up every weekend. Those got canceled, yeah. you know, door, door hanging, you know, walking up and down the street and hanging, you know, literature on a door. Um, that's, you know, that tactic was thrown out the window. So what, but, you know, it, what made up for it, Rob, was the fact that, uh, you know, people have been conf confined to their four walls. And when the weather finally broke, they wanted to at least go out to their backyard and do that comfortably. And, you know, for a very reasonable investment to the homeowner, they could stay outside. And uh, so um, we were happy to be able to offer the service. The timing was great. And, you know, I think that, um, it's made a big difference for everybody. Yeah. And when you're, when you're telling the story about the service, I think to myself, yeah, that's like having a roof on your house. Like if, if, you know, I, I in Florida, I have friends and family in Florida and, and where they are, they don't even, they set up screens because you can't go outside because of mosquitoes. And, but I mean, it's like, yeah, you can't enjoy the outside living without that because ultimately it's like, you wouldn't go outside. There would be no enjoyment. So it is almost like an, an essential for sure. Um, so that's pretty cool. So now you, you hit on a couple, a couple of things that were interesting. We had a guest on probably in the beginning of all this, and it was very, uh, very interesting comment about, you know, you had value before the, the pandemic. That value hasn't changed, but how you communicate and how you deliver the value is certainly going to change. And you kind of mentioned you had to do certain, certain things a little differently. And I know one thing, is certainly conveying trust and safety and that you're on top of exactly what the best practice would be in terms of trust and safety. Obviously some have to do more than others if you're interacting more than others with the homeowners, but what, how has that impacted you guys? Like how have you approached, you know, communicating that trust and that safety with the homeowners? So I think just, uh, you know, we dialed up our um, digital communications for sure. We had to really kind of revamp pretty quickly, you know, internally here as a, as a home office, you know, um, the marketing team really thinking about, you know, um, you know, first we wanted to start with our existing customer base. We were less worried about acquiring new customers right now, but really fortifying the ones that have been with us for years and, and, um, and making sure they were comfortable in knowing that, some of these new practices were in place that we weren't going to be knocking on the door this year. We weren't going to be leaving any literature behind. Um, please don't engage with our technicians. You know, so as much as we're not going to engage with you, we're asking you don't engage with them to keep them comfortable. 
um, and confident, and, uh, but reach out to us. So we increased the ways that they could communicate with us. Um, we, we leveled up our, we, we run an internal, um, a national uh, sales center, a call room for the entire franchise system. So okay. we, we, we heavied up the staffing on that, expecting an, an influx of inbound calls from existing customers, and we encouraged it, you know, reach out to us. If you have questions about your first visit of the year or anything, um, you know, so, you know, our franchisees had to react a little differently. Um, you know, we extended out uh, payment plans a little differently to homeowners for those that were, you know, impacted financially by this because we knew that they valued the service so much. We didn't want to just, you know, treat it as any other year. So um, if there were financial concerns and uh, the ability to stay on with us, we worked with them. We empowered our franchisees and how to work with their customers to, um, you know, to keep people on the service. And, and then I think from there, it just kind of, it, there was a groundswell effect. And, you know, once again, once our season starts, we're in the neighborhoods, you know, they're seeing the trucks, they're seeing signs in the ground, they're hearing the equipment, you know, the backpack blowers are making noise and it creates a buzz for lack of a better word. And, um, and the neighbors start kind of, you know, getting in tune to it. And that's just really what we witnessed. Yeah, exactly. And you're saying, look, there's more of them home. So it kind of worked out a little better because more of them would see all that. Right. And be for sure. That, that's been the biggest difference. The fact that people are home um, in a, in a, in a time when, you know, you've got, you know, the homeowner has a, has a shorter, you know, attention span than a goldfish. So you've got six or eight seconds to catch their attention. Well, now they're all there. And, you know, and I think, you know, we're not the only ones. I mean, I, you can, you, you can learn that or read anywhere that home services in general have seen a rise during this, you know, That's right. the, yeah. the, the, the both, both decision makers are, have been in stuck in the house for months. They're both staring at the, the chipping paint or the, you know, the deck that needs replacing and, um, and they're, they're tackling projects themselves. They're getting stuff done around the home. And, you know, that's the quality of life service that Mosquito Shield provides is that they can do it comfortably. And that's always been our niche. We never really market about, you know, fear of disease or we let the media do that. You know, we're a quality of life service. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing this is a franchise, right? It was a franchise show. I'm pro franchise. You, you're pro franchise. We've been doing it our career, right? Um, Tell me a little bit about the relationship between you and your franchisees during all this. Where what, One thing I've noticed from a lot of folks we've talked to is the franchisees, which is, a, I'm sure, a diverse group, right, tends to be, uh, bring a lot of great ideas, right, a lot of innovative thinking. Uh, and, of course, you're, you're communicating, I would suppose. So tell me a little bit of how that evolved and, and maybe a little bit of if there's a story or two about how that interaction, whether you're – providing the ideas or they're providing the ideas, but how has that kind of evolved because of COVID? Yeah. So what the first thing uh, we did, Rob, was we started with our FAC, our Franchise Advisory Council. So we have five um, franchisees that make up the, uh, the FAC, the Advisory Council. And I reached out to them. I'm the corporate, I'm the home office rep of the, of the FAC and then the five franchisees. And I, I reached out, we got on a, um, a Zoom, you know, virtual call and and I asked them to quickly get on. They each have teams underneath them. So the entire franchise system is represented by a team leader. And I asked them to uh, quickly rally their teams. And, and I wanted to get a, uh, I really wanted to get a feel of where, what was the tenor of the franchise system? You know, before I went to, you know, the team leaders here and we, we started thinking about um, 
policies and procedures or changes to those things or, you know, new, new tactics or strategies. I really wanted to know where their heads were at. And um, so that's where we started. You know, we had the luxury of having an FAC in place. They reached out, we got back and regrouped. And, uh, and then from there, what evolved was just sort of how we were going to try to approach this. And it, it, you know, there was a lot of franchisees that had, um, you know, there was things that were uncertain. Like we do a lot of direct mail and, you know, at that early time, there was a lot of misinformation out there about how, you know, COVID-19 could be transmit, transmitted on paper products and, you know, let it sit outside for two days before you bring it in and don't take any home deliveries. And there's a lot of information out there. So some franchisees were saying, you know what, I had a big uh, marketing plan this year for direct mail and I'm going to cancel all of it. And like, you know, do we talk them off the ledge? Do we not? Do we support them with that and figure out another way to market? So there's a lot of things that we had to learn for the first time that was really took us out of our comfort zone. And, um, and they certainly were outside of theirs because they're looking, they're in the franchise system because they, they want that support and help. So they're looking for us to answers that we didn't have initially, you know, and I don't even know that we ended up with all the, the right answers, but at the end of the day, what we did is we worked as a group. And I think that was the, I think that was the biggest thing is we have a, um, you know, we have, uh, our 10 original franchisees are still with us, you know, and I consider them our stakeholders. So while we've had some franchisees come and go out of our system over the years, our original ones are still with us, which I think, you know, speaks volumes and, um, and they've built a close knit relationship amongst themselves. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to say that I'm, you know, personally close with, you know, almost the entire system. So I think that's where we really leaned on each other to get through this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a family, right? I mean, one, mm-hmm. one, one person put it, uh, I interviewed a gentleman, um, and he put it this way. He said, be personal before professional. That's what they did because of the, this COVID. You know, so that's what you said. You know, like, I'm going to go and call these guys and see what's going on first. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's in their mind, and let me see how I can meet them where they are because they're probably all dealing with different challenges. So you make it personal. And then you figure out the rest from there. But that, that's amazing. Uh, and again, that's, you know, I always say, as is, is, is difficult as this has been, and I do interview a lot of people, and some don't have the story that you shared, which is fantastic that you guys are doing well. Um, and some don't have that yet, but they have optimism. One sure. thing that comes out of every, every conversation with franchise brands is the fact that you are in business for yourself, but not by yourself, right? This was the reason. And, you know, it's certainly a better place to be than to be in that group, whether it's amongst other franchisees or with the home office. And that's amazing. And honestly, mm-hmm. it, you know, I know that makes a huge difference for all these folks that are going through this today with you guys being there kind of blazing the trail, you getting input back and forth and, and really finding solutions and frankly, being in a better place. I, I have heard brands and you kind of mentioned some ideas. I mean, you're coming up with innovations that frankly you might continue to use in some ways, right? Even beyond the pandemic. So without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. It doesn't happen without the franchise concept, mm-hmm. you know? So you said that you were at um, uh, 51, I thought you said. You just added yeah. a that. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like for you and what's your view, you guys at the home office, just your view of growth now with from a franchise development standpoint. So, you know, uh, it's a good question because we're also seeing, uh, you know, the folks that are, um, you know, we, we market our service to, 
you know, a sort of select clientele. So I think that's another reason why we weren't, you know, significantly impacted from a growth standpoint. In fact, I mentioned we're 40% up year over year because I think most of the, most of our customers or the people we market to um, were furloughed versus laid off, right? So they're, they're more of the, the white collar people that are home and working from home and getting paid. And, um, but I think what that has also done is, you know, some uncertainties crept into their minds. So now they're thinking about, you know, do I want to be subject to this again in any sort of vulnerable situation? And my, so that, you know, that's led to more leads. My lead volume is up right now. So the amount of people thinking about, you know, venturing into their own business has generated um, a, an increase in franchise leads, people interested in opening up a business. So, um, you know, from a growth standpoint, we've been doing this for seven years, Rob, and we've been very measured in our growth. You know, we grew, we grew way faster in the beginning. We came out of, you know, seven years ago, um, out of the shoot much faster than we thought we would. We had a goal of, you know, 10 locations in our first 12 months and we did uh, 14 and it was kind of like, all right, pump the brakes. Let's make sure we know what we're doing. Um, I say this first and foremost, we're a mosquito control company that got into franchising. You know, there's, there's franchise companies that are getting into this space for, you know, we've been doing this for 19 years. We're learning the franchise side seven years later. Um, I think we're there. Uh, so we're back in growth mode again. You know, I expect to, you know, I, I expect to be, um, to double probably in the next uh, two to three years in size because we're ready for it. I, I'm excited. I mean, that's the one, the one silver lining right now that keeps me going every day mm -hmm. uh, in this space, uh, supporting franchisors and franchisees and, talking to folks like you is that I do believe this is a big, a big message, right? That there is another angle. There's another way to contribute to the economy, right? There's another way to plug in rather than the job market. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's going to be needed, right? There's only so many corporations that can, can do that. And, and there's plenty of opportunity to build a local business with a franchise. So I do believe that we've been hearing that. I've heard that from lots of people. So I hope those leads keep flowing. Uh, yeah. No, that's good for all us guys here in the franchise world. So, uh, all right, we're good. So as we wrap up the show, the way I like to close our shows is to ask you, is there something, you know, you've been in this business a long time. You've been a VP, you're, you're our VP, you're leading the company. Is there something through this, this crisis and this experience that you would say, man, that was a gold nugget or, or even a combination of things that you just feel like you'd like to share with the audience or our listeners, something that you want to, you know, as a takeaway. Yeah. And I'll, I'll piggyback off what you just said. Cause I think it's perfect. And it's where my mind has been at over the last uh, three or four months, which is don't wait. You know, if you've ever had the itch to have always been in the back of your head to start your own business and build your own wealth and not even just from a financial standpoint, but when I look at wealth, I look at like, you know um, you know, family and security and comfort do it. That's the, you know, that's the advice. Jump in and do it because it's, it's, you know, these cycles will forever happen. And, you know, you know, the franchisees that we have in our system now, uh, we're for, as a rule, we're all super successful in the corporate world and they reached the point where, you know, what did they want their next 10 or 15 years to look like? And they, they realized they wanted to look like something for themselves and, um, you know, for their community, for their uh, family. And, you know, I had some great instances where, you know, some folks were 
had a great job and they wanted to, you know, they were being asked to relocate and they're thinking, you know, I'm not going to uproot my family. I'm not going to leave our church. I'm not going to take the kids out of school. And, you know, they, they, they set out on their own to find something that would get them to where they wanted to be, you know, blessed that they picked us. But in general, I think the, the message is go for it. Don't wait. Um, and, you know, especially in the franchising world. And I think that, you know, under the umbrella of franchising, Rob, there's so much support in place. And that takes, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody knows the, the person that, that coined the, you know, by yourself, but, you know, um, you know, for yourself, but not by yourself, but that's yeah, exactly yeah. that, you know, that's, that's such a well-stated line because that really sums up franchising and, you know, but it's there, the opportunity is there. And I think it was Einstein that said, you know, in difficulty lies opportunity. And that's really what we're dealing with is, is take the, take the step now because the, the time, the time's right. Uh, there's to your point, owning your own business is something that is so rewarding and, you know, you put the hard work in and you, and you, it pays dividends in the long run. It does. It does. And it's about relationships, right? You're, you're able to create relationships. You're able to focus on, on things that are top priority for you. Like we talk about family and, and your community and things like that. Uh, but it, it is, and I, I'll point out, you know, you mentioned a few key things for our listeners. I'll just point out the idea of, first of all, franchising is a very successful business model. It, unlike other self-employment, it's a very, very good way to move from the job market into uh, ownership. And, 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 and that's why I'm passionate about it, because there's results to back it. I'm not one of those folks that can look past that, right? And I'm sure you can share that. It takes hard work. It takes us, you know, you, you doing the things you need to do, but boy, what a pathway to give you that opportunity. And so I can, I can only speak for a few key things that you were in business a very long time. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, that's like you saving me 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> how to do that's it. exactly what it is. You're buying that learning curve. You're buying the learning curve big time. So, and then a passion to help, right? I mean, you guys are there to help those, those local franchisees and that's, that's what it's about. So. That's great. And uh, I appreciate you, uh, Michael, being on the show today. That's going to do it for today's show. Um, And I just want to remind our listeners, um, first and foremost, of the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge. Um, And you can learn more about that at FranchiseBibleCoach.com. Again, just a name and an email. If you're a current franchisor, franchisee, or even interested entrepreneur, you can go ahead and check that out. Put your name and email in. There's no cost. You can learn more about that. Um, before I uh, mention one of our sponsors, I also wanted to ask you, Michael, is there a website uh, that our listeners can go to to learn a little bit more about the opportunity we just talked about, but at least with your brand, is there a website they can check out? Yeah, so it's MoShield, which is M-O-Shieldfranchise.com, all one word. No one knows how to spell mosquito, so it's MoShieldfranchise.com, and there's a lot of great information there. Perfect. Got it. All right. Well, fantastic. And I just wanted to finally thank our sponsor, SEO Samba. Uh, They are the uh, creators of a very unique platform. It's centralized and collaborative. It's built for franchisors and franchisees. It's a marketing automation platform and it's SEO Samba. So you can learn more about that at seosamba.com. And I'd like to thank them for their support as well. So again, we just like to say, keep fighting the good fight and bye for now.